Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment and credible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. Sitting here on a Sunday, and we have some Saturday games uh, to talk about. Well, we're supposed to have two Saturday games to talk about, but we have a Saturday game to talk about. And you could argue that it was the best game of the weekend. Um, I'm not sitting back and saying that well, we're changing the format of the show, right? Because we, we never look back. But I think with this specific game, it is very important to take a look at looking backwards to yesterday to how we're going to approach these teams moving forward next week and beyond. So I went out and I reached out to somebody I follow over on Twitter, and he's at Culture, C-O-L-T-U-R-E underscore podcast, and that's his podcast as well. Luke Diamond, host of Colts Insider, host and creator and producer of Culture Podcast. Luke, welcome to the show. How are you today? What's up, Tom? Feeling pretty good after last night. It's the For the Culture podcast, C-O-L-T-U-R-E, and I appreciate you having me on. Pumped up about last night as the Colts improved 8-6 and six with the fifth seed in the AFC. Couldn't be more excited to be on with you. Excellent. You know, I, one of the things that um, I said a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, when you look at this Colts schedule, this is a great time to go out there and throw some money on a futures play for them and, and go out there and say, hey, look, let, let's look at what's in front of this team and that's how you make money in this business is kind of looking ahead when everybody's down on them. But the Colts, look, they had a lot of excuses early on, right? I mean, Quentin Nelson's out. Oh, Carson Wentz is banged up and all that. But they found their formula. Look, Jonathan Taylor has become basically what Derrick Henry is for the, for the Titans. And you start to now look at the games in front of them. And you go, okay, Arizona on the road is going to be a little bit tough. But they got Vegas and Jacksonville. Do you think that this Colts team makes the playoffs? Absolutely, of course. After last night, you could drop that Cardinal game if you beat Oak, uh, if you beat the Raiders as they should, and you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 18 as you should. That'll put you at nine and three in the AFC, a nine and three AFC record with a head-to-head against whoever comes in second place in the AFC East, whether it's the Bills or the Patriots. That should put you at least in the playoff picture with the seventh or the sixth spots. Right now, they're currently at the fifth spot. Because they're one and three in the NFC, so if you drop another NFC game, I think you'll be all right. They really shouldn't lose to the Raiders or the Jaguars. So right now, after last night, before yesterday, it would have been okay. You have to beat the Patriots tonight. You're gonna have to take care of business in at least three out of your last four games, and preferably the AFC games. But after last night, of course, you feel good. You know, you're thinking playoffs right now after last night's win and last night's convincing win against the Patriots. It wasn't like. It was a fluke win. It was the bread and butter of the Colts. It was Jonathan Taylor. It was the ground game without their all pro center in Ryan Kelly. They got the ground game going, 170 rushing yards and the big 67-yard rushing touchdown at the end there for Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, I feel good, and I feel good about the Colts' chances to be able to travel and win a playoff game when they get in. Also, you look at the AFC North and you look at the AFC West. You look at the AFC North and you look at the AFC West. Those teams are going to beat each other up over the last three weeks as well so i think you're going to see a couple of teams that play each other that are both in the mix in that six and seven seven and six range that'll knock each other out of the race so i think the Colts are sitting pretty comfortable right now as far as just getting into the playoffs and then of course once you get in anything could happen so we're, we're 
sitting back and we're talking about the playoffs. Okay, I agree with you. I think that the, the Colts are going to get into the playoffs. I think they'll be dangerous in the playoffs. What about the division, though? You know, I think we all wrote this off because they lost the head-to-heads. I get it. You know, it was that overtime 34-31 game on, on Halloween. They lost that head-to-head. But now, all of a sudden, Tennessee's lost two in a row. They, uh, well, uh, two or two, and then they beat Jacksonville. I'm not impressed with that coming off of a bye week. Now they have Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, all of those teams. Pittsburgh's turned their season around. San Francisco has really turned their season around, and they're streaking hot. Miami looks dominant all of a sudden. And before they end off in Houston, are, are you somebody that still has some hope for the division? After last night, absolutely. Talking about that Cardinal game and that final NFC game on the schedule, if the Colts win out, I think, division becomes slightly more possible because right now, what is it right now in the loss column? The Colts sitting at six losses. Do the Titans have five already? Yes. Titans are no yeah, Titans so, are nine and four, nine and four, nine and four. So to finish ahead of them, they'd have to lose three more games. So they would have to lose these next three. They're probably not going to lose to Houston the final week of the season. If they were sitting at five, I would be a little bit more confident. So they'd have to lose these next three. So it's possible. The Colts would obviously have to win out. You're not going to be able to drop that Cardinal game most likely and still win the division. But from the point where they lost that second matchup in overtime to where they are now, it's a lot more realistic, of course. But I would still lean towards the Colts getting in with a wild card. I think that's almost a lock at this point after last night. Division is a possibility, but you still need a bunch of things to fall your way, including three consecutive losses while simultaneously winning out yourself between you and Tennessee. So I think that's going to be tough, but take it one week at a time. You're now in a position where that is realistic now. So today, if Pittsburgh wins, that's one more notch on the belt, and you just look down the road these final three weeks, and you say, hey, anything is possible. So it's definitely something that's on the Colts' radar at the moment, but I don't think it's the most realistic outcome for the Colts to get into the postseason. I think it's going to be a wild card, and I really don't think the wild card is going to be that difficult for the Colts to get because right now they're the fifth seed. And besides the Cardinal game, they don't have tough, tough matchups the final two weeks. We're on the phone with Luke Diamond. For the culture, it's at for the culture, C-O-L, T-U-R-E. Let's talk about Carson Wentz because I I find it very amusing that Mac Jones goes out there in a windy condition Monday night game, throws three passes, completes two, and people are going, ah, man, Mac Jones just wrapped up the rookie of the year. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz goes out there last night, basically doesn't do a thing. Uh, He actually tried to give the game away a little bit, and people are going, wow, he's going to be the reason the Colts lose. You know, I look at Carson Wentz as – we have to stop looking at him as a guy that can win games and start looking at him as a guy that just doesn't lose games. I liken him a lot to Jimmy Garoppolo, where Garoppolo can have a stretch, and he's in one right now where he looks really good. But generally speaking, you don't want Jimmy G being the reason why you win games. Just don't lose it for us. Is that a fair assessment by me of Carson Wentz at where he is in his career right now? Listen, we don't need you to win games. Just don't lose them for us. Yeah, absolutely. When you can run the ball the way the Colts can run the ball, and your defense is number one in the league in takeaways, you want to protect the ball. You don't want to get right back after your defense. The defense is forced. I'm pretty sure after the last night, 31 takeaways, which is number one in the National Football League. Jonathan Taylor, obviously, right now, the best back in the National Football League without Taylor available. And even if, I mean, without Henry available, and even if Henry was playing, I still think Taylor, with the numbers he's putting up, he has 1,800 yards from scrimmage, 19 touchdowns, and 1,500 of those yards are rushing yards averaging 5.6 yards per carry and 17 rushing touchdowns. I mean, the guy is 
unbelievable. So, yeah, you just want Carson to basically manage the game. You don't want him to turn the ball over. It opens up play action after you establish the run. So, yeah, I thought that was a very fair assessment. I wish more Colt fans, and I wish Frank Blake at times felt a little bit more the way you and I feel about Carson Wentz. Sometimes I feel like Reich wants Carson to be the hero. Not the case last night, minus the one RPO interception, but bounced back from that, and I don't think Carson threw another pass the rest of the way. Got the ball back, eight and change, maybe nine minutes on the clock. Straight runs with Taylor in the final possession of the game, the one end around to Ashton Doolin, and then, of course, Jonathan Taylor with the 67-yard rushing touchdown. So I thought Wright kind of learned from mistakes he made. Because you look at that Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, the Colts led by 10 at the half, 24 to 14, or yeah, 24 to 14. Then they go into the second half, and <clears throat> I'm not, I don't know if it was 24 14, whatever it was, they were up by 10 going into the half. And then in the second half, 19 consecutive passing attempts to open up the second half. Why are you doing that when you have a 10-point lead? You want to keep Brady off the field. So sometimes I feel like Reich is trying to play hero ball with Carson Wentz, and that's not the recipe. You don't see the Niners doing that with Jimmy Garoppolo because you have to know your identity, and it's very, very easy to look at the Colts and to identify their identity. And it is Jonathan Taylor. It's ground and pound. You also have Naheem Hines, and you have an offensive line. Ryan Kelly unfortunately missed the game last night. But you have two all-pros up front. In the middle of that line, you have a former pro bowler in Eric Fisher, who's much better run blocking than he is in pass protection. So it's so obvious what the strength of this Colts offense is, especially when you have a lead. You look at the Raven game, you look at the Bucks game, you look at that second Titans game, all three games they have double-digit leads. They lead by 14, they lead by 10, they lead by 16 in those three games. And you get away from the run. Why? You have a lead. Everything is in your favor. And you kind of bail out the defense and the opposition. And thankfully, not the case. Minus one throw last night, not the case. But that's a very fair assessment. He's a little bit more like Jimmy G. But he's a more of a gambler, more of a risk taker throughout the course of his career than Jimmy G has been. Jimmy G was kind of born a game manager. And I feel like Carson Wentz has not only developed into being better off, being a game manager, but also landing in a position where he doesn't need to be Andrew Luck in 2012, 13, or 14, where Andrew Luck needed to be the guy. He had to play hero ball because they couldn't run the ball. The defense sucked. The offensive line sucked. The coach sucked. Everybody sucked. Now you have the best run game in the National Football League, the best run blocking offensive line in the National Football League, one of the top offensive lines in the National Football League, a pretty solid head coach who at times is brilliant when he's not putting the ball in your hands is brilliant. And then a defense that's very stout and a defense that's number one in the league in takeaways. So I completely agree with you. The Colts are at their best when Carson Wentz is in a game manager role and the Colts are running the ball with a lead, milking the clock and wearing out their opponent. And we saw that last night, and it led to a 67-yard rushing touchdown with a loaded box. Ten guys in the box, doesn't matter. Once you break that first line and you have the size-speed combination of Jonathan Taylor, nobody's stopping him. Yeah, you know, my favorite run of the night was uh, Jonathan Taylor, lead blocker, actually. <laughs> I love that. Oh, uh, yeah. Luke, before we let you go here, um, right now, the Indianapolis Colts plus 800 to win the AFC, except they've beaten the Bills, who are plus 600. They've beaten New England, who's plus 350. Tennessee stands in front of them at plus 700. And Kansas City, um, how far do you think this t- Colts team go- goes? How deep into the playoffs do you see a- an AFC championship for them? Do you see them getting you know, a feel-good win in the playoffs. 
where do you see this Colts team winding up? What did you say, plus 1,800? Plus 800 the Colts are right now. They're the fifth best odds. I don't, I don't know why. I thought, I thought you said plus 1,800, which I, my jaw is on the floor. But Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm running to Vegas. I don't even need a plane for that. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the hedges would be out of this world if you could get them at plus 1,800. That should be like, you could probably get them there at 1-4 and four where they started the season. But, yeah, you look at a team that started 1-4 and four that's currently sitting at 8-6. and six. So that's what seven and two over the last nine games. Patriots seven and one over the last eight, but they come off a head to head against New England. They beat up on Buffalo, and they kind of beat up for a majority of the game on New England. You look at Kansas City, which I think we all believe right now is the team to beat in the AFC because the defense has come around. Patrick Mahomes, obviously the best quarterback in the league. Andy Reid and his experience in these type of situations. So I think they're the team to beat. But as far as the dark horse goes, if I'm going to you know lay those you know get those type of odds. I like the Colts over the Patriots. And with the Patriots, you have a rookie quarterback. So we talk about Carson Wentz and how he's better off being a game manager. He has, throughout the course of his career, won games being the guy. Matt Jones really hasn't. He's only a rookie. I don't think a rookie's been to an AFC championship since Mark Sanchez. I don't know the last time a rookie quarterback has won an AFC or NFC championship and gotten to a Super Bowl. So it's very rare to see a rookie have that type of success in the playoffs. I don't think a rookie quarterback even won a game since Russell Wilson in 2012. So and you put them in the AFC championship? You got them in the AFC championship? Well, I'm just saying, like, if you're going through the teams, I think the Colts are right. I would put the Colts number two right now behind Kansas City, but if you could get, like, the fifth or sixth or fourth or fifth or sixth best odds in a situation like that, I think, it's, yeah, I think, you know, I think it could be still, especially if you go up against the Chiefs, the Colts have the formula to run the ball. We saw it in 2018 when they weren't even this good running the football with Marlon Mack, now with Jonathan Taylor. So if you're able to run the ball, keep Mahomes off the field, that is the recipe to success to go into Kansas City in a playoff game to keep him on the sidelines and to find a way to beat them. So I think right now the Colts are number two in the AFC. And with their ability to run the football and their ability to create takeaways, that's not a team you're going to want to see. And for a dome team, they're not a traditional dome team. Usually dome teams don't like the elements, don't like to play outside. Colts went to Buffalo, had no problems. Because usually dome teams are more like the 2000s Colts, where they're flashy, they're high-tempo, Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne. If you look at this team, they're very blue-collar. It's Ground and pound with Johnson Taylor. It's a tough defense with the Forrest Buckner, Kenny Moore, Darius Leonard. This is not a team you'd want to see in the playoffs. Really I love not. it. I, I love where you're going, Luke. I do. I, I, I'm going to say it. I think AFC Championship game. I, I'm kind of with you. Luke, we're up against the break here. Thank you so much, guys. It's Luke Diamond. Go check him out at For the Culture, C O L T U R E. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.